you have now made it to episode 13 of the Failure Is No Caves at Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Leonard, and as always, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to me. It's been a crazy, crazy week, especially with the pipe bombs that have been delivered to various parts of the United States. If you haven't been keeping up with the news, there's somebody out there who has been sending pipe bombs to basically a majority of the people who have opposed Donald Trump. So if you haven't already, please pay attention to the news, pay attention to your surroundings and just be on alert, be informed. There's a lot of people that don't even know what's going on. So please watch the news and just stay on top of things so that you can be aware. All right. Without any further delay, let's jump right into episode 13. My nephew will be seven months old in a few days, and he's been very active for a long time now. Maybe not a long time, but for the last couple of months, it feels like he's been very, very active. While I was watching him last week, I was instantly reminded that if you aren't ready to be up and constantly moving while you're watching him, then you're in for a long ride. He loves to be walked around. If you sit him down and he wants to be up, he'll let you know instantly. He'll stretch out and start crying, and when it gets to that point, you are at his mercy. Not to mention he tries to touch and grab everything. I sometimes think that we have bonding moments when I see him stare directly into my eyes. There will be five to ten seconds of silence where it feels like he's looking directly into my soul. But it turns out my nephew's a true charmer. He's not worried about me. He's fixated on my black glasses and before you know it, he knocks them right off of my face. But that's what babies do. They're active. They're spoiled, whether we want to admit it or not. And you just have to do what they say for the time being. As my nephew gets older, his mother is going to use the infamous words, keep your hands to yourself. The words might be arranged differently and the circumstances might not be that serious. But I guarantee she'll use those words in some form or fashion. The likelihood is that it will be somewhere around the house or maybe he's playing around too much in the classroom. But for the most part, he'll be safe. And everything will be okay. But also, because of his darker skin tone, she'll have to sit down with him one day and talk about navigating life in a world that can be so judgmental. A world that's so unfair. But right now, my nephew's looked at as a beautiful and innocent little baby. He's protected and constantly showered with love. Unfortunately, It won't be like that forever. The words I'm about to say are basically echoing words that have been voiced for many, many years now. But young black men, and honestly, when you really think about it, black men, period, are a target. Recently, there has been two instances that have made the news across the country. In one case, we have nine-year-old Jeremiah Harvey, who was accused by a white woman of groping her in a New York City bodega. The feelings that immediately came over me when I first heard this story, stomach churning, nightmare, unbelievable, yet not surprised, not one bit. History easily reminds us of a time where these allegations happened far too often and they usually resulted in a gruesome fate. But it turns out that Jeremiah was innocent of the accusations he faced. 
just like with different situations of the past. He never touched the lady that accused him. His book bag touched her, but he wasn't aware of it. If it wasn't for the video camera in the convenience store that caught everything that went on, nine-year-old Jeremiah Harvey would have been subjected to the harsh prejudgments of people from all over. He would have been guilty without even going to trial. He would have been arrested, and they definitely would have found a way to discipline him somehow, some way. His character at such a young age would be already ruined. It takes a lot to forgive. It takes a lot to forgive, especially when you're innocent of any wrongdoing in the first place. It takes a lot to forgive when you know that if another person faced what you faced, they would easily be given the benefit of the doubt. But giving forgiveness is exactly what Jeremiah did for his accuser. At nine years old, Jeremiah was able to put aside all of the humiliation of this ordeal. Jeremiah was able to no longer be scared of what faced him. Jeremiah showed a strong will to grow from a devastating situation at such a young age. And his original stance was actually the opposite. At first, he said he didn't forgive the woman that accused him of groping her. But at only nine years old, he followed his heart and the strong teachings of his mother and actually found the strength to forgive his accuser. During a sit-down interview with Good Morning America, it was clear to Jeremiah's mom that if it wasn't for the store's camera, her son probably wouldn't be sitting with her today. And if we were living decades ago, the results could have been deadly. As she's describing what happened during that day, you can only flash back to the story of Emmett Till, who in the Jim Crow era of 1955 was a 14-year-old African-American boy who was murdered after he was accused of offending a white woman who was in her family's grocery store in Mississippi. By offending, I mean flirting or whistling, which was a big no-no back then. Let me keep it real with you. Jeremiah Harvey's story has the same resemblance and the same circumstances, except that Emmett Till never stood a chance. Emmett Till never had cameras to prove his innocence. When I heard of Jeremiah's story, I immediately flashed back to the vintage Jet Magazine issue I once saw that had pictures of Emmett Till's body lying in a casket, lifeless, unrecognizable. It was one of the first times I saw the historic pictures of Emmett Till's body, but it remains one of the most vivid examples of what pure hate could do to such an innocent young soul. Without going into too much detail, because it gets real graphic, Emmett Till's body was found in a river three days after he was abducted from a family member's house because of a false accusation. During the trial, Emmett's accuser stated that Emmett forcibly touched her. But decades later, she admitted that much of her story was false and was quoted as saying nothing that boy did could ever justify what happened to him. And with that horror story forever etched in our history, how can we not feel pain for Jeremiah Harvey? How can someone say it isn't that serious. How can someone say this lady made a simple mistake when history has proven that these mistakes have almost always led to tragedy? And then we have another story, another sad story, that involved a black man named Diarion Tolles being blocked from entering the building where his apartment was located in St. Louis by a white woman. In multiple videos that were uploaded to Mr. Tolles' Facebook page, 
You can see that he was being blocked from entering the building because this woman felt uncomfortable. You could also hear her say things such as, if you want to come into my building, and who are you going to see? Now, both the tenants both rented an apartment in the same building, yet she berated him with a ton of questions and acted like she owned the entire building. She proceeds to follow Mr. Toes onto the elevator and onto the fourth floor where the apartment was located and ask him constantly, who are you going to see? Once again, this was another embarrassing situation that was totally uncalled for. It was so suspect that Mr. Toes felt like he had to record it to prove that there was no wrongdoing on his part. And once again, he was totally innocent. It really feels like an everyday act can get people who look like me caught up. It could be another person eager to prove a point or the fact that they are unsure about you. But what's even more concerning is that I feel like the masses assume that people who look like me scream danger. They think they have us all figured out. If there's one bad apple, then they all must be bad. But newsflash, you don't have us all figured out. We are all the same and all of our intentions aren't bad. Last week, I was reminded that the people who cherish black men the most know just how big the target is on our back. Even when at times black men can be so oblivious to the fact. I went to Nashville for a wedding and as I was leaving my grandmother's house to head back home, I heard my girlfriend being asked by my grandmother if I had a hood on my head. Indeed, I had a hood on my head, not for a fashion statement or because I thought it was a cool thing to do, but because there was a drastic temperature change outside and I was moving luggage. What seemed like such an innocent thing to do put my grandmother, who I basically look at as my mother, on heightened alert. When I came back in the house, my grandmother told me simply and plain, watch where you have that hood on. And in that moment, I can remember thinking, you know what? You are right. She knew I meant no harm, but in this world, she can never know what can happen to her grandson. And it's really sad when that's the reality we live in. With all that being said, I want to say that I'm truly sorry to Jeremiah Harvey and Diarion Toes. I'm sorry that your innocence was questioned and taken for granted. I'm sorry that... You were thrown into the bucket of being guilty, suspicious, and a liar. I'm sorry that you had to be questioned as if you were a bad human being. I'm sorry that your privacy had to be invaded. But most of all, I'm sorry to say that if it wasn't for the video footage in both cases, the likelihood that the masses would believe that you were telling the truth would be slim to none. There honestly would be little to no hope for you. And I'm sorry that in the land of the free, it often feels like a black man's or black boy's words hold little to no weight. But will things ever really change?